Welcome to the Rise Podcast, where inclusivity is our priority. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rise Podcast. My name is Sean English, and I'm very, very, very excited for today's episode. Uh, today, my guest is Nate Reich. He is a Canadian para-athlete uh, for track and field. Uh, if you want to just wave, wave to the people watching right now, you can give them a little wave. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be a really cool episode, um, mainly because Nate is really cool. Uh, he is 26. He actually holds a rec- world record uh, in the 1500, 1800, and 5K for classification, first classification, excuse me. Um, he'll be competing in Tokyo in a few weeks, um, and he'll be competing in the Paralympic Games, and that is in a result from uh, a golf ball injury when he was 10 that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, some really cool things about him and his family is uh, he comes from a family of very athletic people, um, and his dad threw javelin in the 96 Olympics. Uh, his mom was a pole vaulter in 2002 Commonwealth Games. His cousin competed in the 2012 and 2016 Paralympic game, or Olympic Games for the 400 meter hurdles. And his grandpa played in the NHL. For the viewers that know me, I'm a Detroit fan and his grandpa played for the Bruins, the Blackhawks, uh, two of our rivals, but he also played for another team. So we're gonna talk about all this fun stuff that I kind of just introduced real quickly. And it's gonna be another fun episode. So I'm very excited. So. Nate, if you want to just fill in a few of the dots and tell me a little bit about yourself, and then uh, we'll get into your story and your progression um, going into being a Paralympic athlete. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always, uh, growing up, as you mentioned, like sports was always a thing in my family. Uh, I grew up when they were all competing, so it was a super fun time, and I think I always joke around, and it's serious that I didn't know that it wasn't, you know, normal to wake up at 5 a.m. and do wind sprints against your family members in the street. And I thought that was just like, that's just what you do. And I think I was in fifth or sixth grade and I figured out like, ah, oh, no, that's not, that's not normal. So I, I grew up that, that way. And, uh, and I also um, love, love playing golf. That's definitely one of my passions, which is kind of, uh, kind of funny. Uh, that that's kind of the thing that flipped my world upside down at uh, one point. And yeah, and really off the track, I love to uh, do public speaking or uh, volunteer at children's hospitals. I, I feel like uh, understanding uh, what that's like, and it's not a fun time to be in the hospital when you're uh, like that. And so, yeah, I just hope that um, uh, my story uh, can, uh, you know, connect with one person and, um, you know, and help them what they're going through. Yeah, I, I love that. And um, just the fact that you can go and, and really be this mentor to kids uh, is just incredible. I, I, it's, it's everyone needs that one person in their life or that group of people to say like, hey, this is normal or hey, we can keep going or, you know, you just got to keep, keep pushing through it and stuff like that. And uh, coming from a, a recent injury about 15 years ago and something that you grew up being um, without this, this, um, this new experience in your life, I could say, um, tell, talk to me about that progression going from a nine-year-old, um, with no disability to a 10-year-old that is now kind of trying to learn and trying to find your new path. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
growing up, my stepdad played professional baseball, went to the College World Series for U.S. Trojans out in SoCal. And so I grew up loving baseball. I grew up in Arizona. Uh, D-backs won the World Series in 2001. Um, and so I just, I loved baseball so much. And that was kind of my sport. And it came really naturally to me with my father being a javelin thrower and my stepdad being you know, one of the best pitchers in the NCAA system uh, when he was in college being a pitcher. So it was, you know, it, it, it seemed like it flowed pretty well. And um, yeah, when I got hit and ended up getting paralyzed, it was, it was a tough time for me for sure. Um, and the part that I got hit head, um, it, it controlled the whole right side of my body and also a lot of my speech. Um, and so I stuttered uh, really badly and, um, I'm always hesitant to throw the word bullying around, um, but I was made fun of a lot for my stutter. And that was something um, that still still is an insecurity of mine. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I think those hard times, you know, really make you learn. And um, I, I used to drop stuff at lunch all the time because my right hand doesn't work that well. And so, yeah, I, I feel like there was definitely a hard time. Um, but as I look back on my injury, it's definitely the best thing that's ever happened to me because I've learned so many valuable lessons. And I feel like there's no better lesson than learning how to work hard um, and uh, really lean through adversity. Those are probably the two things that I've always been so thankful for. And I've, I've met so many amazing people. Like I wouldn't be sitting here chatting with you um, if it wasn't for my injury. And I wouldn't have gone, go on some pretty amazing trips or go to Tokyo. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm really happy it happened, um, but it, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, that's for sure. And it's very interesting that you say that because I feel like most people in the situations that we're in, where we we have to overcome something that not many people have to overcome, they say it's their best attribute or the best thing that's ever happened to them. And it's just interesting to think that way um, when most people will classify it as a disability, and the positive people and like the optimistic people are actually classifying it as um, something that influences my life in a positive way. Cause the word disability yeah. has such a negative connotation behind it. But when a lot of people like us think about it, we, we think about it as, as a positive. So if you want to talk to me about like that, that natural, like natural stigma behind the word disability and, and how we actually view it as maybe something other than that. Definitely. And Sean, you probably can speak on this too. I feel like when you have a disability, a lot of times the limits aren't put on by you or put on by uh, people who are older than you or doctors or people just don't think you can do it. And uh, like after I, right before I left, I left hospital, my doctor said, Nate, never walked up without a lump. And you honestly shouldn't even think about playing competitive sports. It's just not a reality. Um, anyone who knows me knows I'm fiery. And that's just kind of who I am. Um, and so it was almost like a figurative middle finger for me to be like, I'm going to go run. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be good, um, but I'm going to try and be as good as I can. And it, you know, um, but yeah, I, I feel like there's definitely negative parts of it, but you really do need to turn it around. And, you know, um, I think uh, Marissa Taps, who's a, um, uh, amputee on the Canada team she always says each um, athlete uh, within the Paralympics has you know their own journey their own walk with disability and it doesn't even matter like um, you you and her could have completely different 
experiences, even if you have similar disabilities. And so I feel like that's something that needs to be said too, because, um, you know, I, I did recover a little bit. So, um, you know, that could be part of it being the positive experience, you know? So I, I feel like, um, my answer isn't, isn't, you know, how, how everyone will go through it. And I, I still think it's an, an exceptional and, um, acceptable answer is, is the answer that you're giving out. And I like that you say that every single athlete has their own journey because that's, I think that's the best thing about parasports is you could have, you could have a lineup at the line for, for a hundred meter dash and everyone could have the same classification, but a completely different background, completely different story and a completely different reason why they're running. And I think that comes apart in, in some other sports where um, and maybe even the Olympics that we saw a few weeks ago, maybe everyone there has a story, but I just think the stories that, that you hear in parasports are just so much more like heartwarming. And it's just so cool to see all these, like you said, completely unique runners competing against each other. And that's some of the part I love about the Paralympics. And, and I'd love to see the, the next future of the Paralympics as well. Um, I, I've th I think a lot about sports and different classifications is there's room for improvement when it comes to more sports and more opportunities for other athletes. Um, and I know every classification is different with distances and, and races, but you and I, before the, we, we clicked record today, we were talking about the 800 meter not being in your classification. Um, are there any other races that you would like to see? Or um, do you think it's okay that the classifications have a certain amount of races or would you like to see just the more merrier? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, I know it's hard because there's so many different classifications and you only have a certain allotted times for these championships. Um, I would love to see a mixed four by four, like a mixed male, mixed female, like with different disabilities. I just feel like they had the four by one, but I feel like the 400, there's just more like you can pull some eight and 15 runners down. You can pull a one or a two, you can throw a long jumper, a high, a high, a high jumper kind of like Grant Hallway, who ran the 4x4 in college for University of Florida. So you can kind of pick and pull all of these different things, um, which is really, really cool. Um, hold on, sorry. Okay. Sorry, someone was FaceTiming me. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I think you're... Hold on. You might want to ask that question again. Oh, you're good. I, yeah, I can fill in. Sorry, I got a. For those of you who don't know, um, I am interviewing someone that is leaving for Tokyo tomorrow. So as you can expect, uh, he's very, very busy, and uh, I'm catching him at, at basically the last minute possible. So again, I just want to thank him for uh, for giving me the time, and um, I'm going to ask the question again and give him some time to come on back, and then uh, we'll just keep rolling with it. So. Um, like I was asking the question, I, I was asking if um, Paralympic sports uh, should be added for, um, for every classification. I look at steeplechase as such a cool, a cool event, and I would love to see that in, um, in, in the Paralympics because I, I think it can bring so much unique talent to the table as well as a completely different race that I don't think the Paralympics have seen. And like you were saying, like a mixed four by four would be pretty cool. I think a distance medley, maybe mixed or um, uh, when it comes to, to male, female athletes, or when it comes to just different classifications. So I think there's a lot of 
room for improvement, but I think the Paralympics are just so exciting to watch and I'm looking forward to um, the unprecedented coverage that NBC has announced that you can turn on a TV and watch the Paralympics and you, you haven't really been able to do that uh, a lot in years prior. So I'm really excited for that. So uh, let me see, I have one more or a few more questions, obviously. Um, I, so we talked about sports and um, specifically events when it comes to track. Uh, let's say tomorrow track just doesn't exist. You just wake up in a world that track and field does not exist and you had to compete in the Paralympics in something. What are you going for your number two sport? Or maybe one day if you retire from track and field and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna give wheelchair ball a track or let me try seated volleyball. That looks kind of fun. Um, so, so do you have an answer or? Man, I would feel bad for any team that got me. Uh, especially in like a team a team sport um i definitely really like wheelchair basketball like i don't know if i would actually qualify um for it um with my disability i don't i don't know what those parameters are but wheelchair wheelchair basketball uh seems really cool um so i'd probably have to go with that um i like playing volleyball but i am not good at all <laughs> Um, so that, that could be pretty funny. Um, so I would probably say those are the two answers I go with. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually would, I, I like wheelchair basketball as well. And I like, um, seated volleyball too. And I see a, a lot of, uh, different sports teams, like let's say the professional basketball team in a city goes to meet up with the professional hockey team in a city and they like trade sports for a day. I'd love to see different, um, different national teams do that for the Paralympics this year, because I feel like if you're, you could be a very, very good um, wheelchair ball player, but not a very good seated volleyball player. And I'd love to see the difference between the two, or maybe a sprinter or a distance runner meeting in the middle and, and trying to go out for a, for an 800. That'd be pretty cool. But I just, I'm just really excited to see the future of Paralympics and, and where we can go. But I'm also really excited about the present. I don't want that to be overlooked. Uh, me talking about the future and how exciting it could be. Uh, I think the Paralympic movement and just everything involved have, have come so far. And I'm really excited uh, for these for you guys, these athletes and all the people that have really stuck their neck out for the Paralympic committee. And, and it's really nice seeing the commercials that are saying this is sponsored by the Olympic and Paralympic community instead of just our committee. So I'm really excited to see the, the future changes, but I'm also really happy with the work that we've done so far as a community. And that's the whole point of this podcast is to just expose the community to, to people that may, may have never heard of them or the different sports. So that's kind of the only reason why we're talking today. And I think we're doing a pretty good job. And I'm very, very excited to have you on today and for people to meet you as a person too. So um, I've got some more questions for you, of course. Um, most of these, like I, in the beginning of the podcast, I like to talk about you as an athlete or uh, maybe your experiences in, in childhood, but moving moving forward, I just want people to get to know you. And I'm gonna strategically pick questions that will tell a lot about you by your answer. So um, first off, I gotta know, I looked up your stuff all over Google and, and Wikipedia, and it pops up with some nicknames, Gray Wolf and Dog with two Gs is under your nickname category on the Wikipedia page, which I think is so cool. And I got to know the story behind it. 
Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so Gray Wolf is actually my middle name. Um, really? My uh, on my dad's side, um, they're Native American, and one of the elder um, individuals um, within the tribe gave me Gray Wolf um, as my middle name, and I don't necessarily know it it means but um i've always loved it so any of my social media always has to have gray wolf I see that. um and uh and dog uh, my uh my stepdad is uh, he's the one who calls me that um whenever i'd run well he would call me the big dog and so um and so he would always be like yes i have a big dog performance today and so um and then it like kind that. of um and it's funny. I actually have a funny story. Uh, I was kind of, I was passed out on the couch. I uh, was, uh, was, was taking a nap and my stepdad goes, dog. And I thought he was talking to me, but he was talking to our actual Labradoodle <laughs> Presley. And I like jump off the couch. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. what's up? And it's like <laughs> a big joke, like within our family now that I actually thought that he was talking to me and not, not our Labradoodle. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, I saw those nicknames on there and I just had to know because I, I mean, you can look up people on the Wikipedia page, but not many times like two nicknames pop up and I didn't know the story. So I had to know. And I feel like the people will be yeah. happy to hear that too. Um, <laughs> so I, I got a few more questions just to get to know you as a person again. Um, if there's anyone living or um, now passed away that you would love to have like a 30 minute conversation, like, could be anywhere from Alexander the Great to like Michael Jordan or something like that. If there's anyone living or dead that you would like to just have a 30 minute conversation with, who do you think it would be? Oh, I have two that come to mind like right away. Um, Wayne Gretzky would be um, one and then Jim Thorpe um, would be the other. Um, two just absolute like chase their greatness and uh, we're great athletes and um, and I've never heard anyone say anything bad about them like off the court or off the ice or off the field so um, I feel like that would be especially I really enjoy old stories like I really enjoy when my grandpa tells stories about the good old days when he played with Wayne or played with Bobby Orr so um, I would really like to hear some of those old stories. Yeah, and I feel like it's so much different back in the day than it is today that the stories will be more more entertaining or it'll just be mind-blowing that these stories even exist. Um, and I definitely agree with you. If I had to pick someone, it would definitely be someone that is either like really, really up there in age or someone that has now passed away. I don't think I would want like a current athlete just because like I can kind of see that stuff, but I would actually choose uh, Bill, Bill Russell. Um, I would love, love to pick his ear about, and just, cause that's someone that I don't really know too much about, but I would just, just love to pick. So, um, I, I definitely like that. And my next question is more, a little bit out there and a little bit crazier, but, um, if there's any fictional character that you would like to be your friend, it could be like Kylo Ren from Star Wars or Dom Toretto from Fast and Furious or Donald Duck or anything like that. I don't really even know my answer. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot here asking you this. Um, I feel like, um, <laughs> so I would say Jimmy Neutron. Um, so we oh, jokingly yes. have one of my, 
my one of my best friends, Tom Normando, who's on the Team Canada team heading to uh, Tokyo when we leave tomorrow. Um, we call him Jimmy Neutron. And I would love to have the actual Jimmy Neutron and just be able to banter back and forth with Tom. I feel like that would be so much fun. And like, I'm definitely a huge jokester and like to banter and always play and prank on my buddies. So um, I feel like uh, that lightheartedness would be, uh, I would definitely enjoy that in my life. That's probably the best answer you could have said. You said that right away. And I was like, I'm with you. Like, I'm, that's my answer too. I love that. Yeah, that's, I, I do like that. I don't know. I don't even know who I would choose. Like I said, like I asked you that question and I didn't even know the answer to it, which is, I don't know, probably a little unprofessional. I put you in a rock and hard place, but you knocked it out of the park with Jimmy Neutron. That's definitely the right call. Um, I don't think I have too many other questions. Um, I, I want to know like who your biggest inspiration is when it comes to athletics specifically. I know there's a lot of inspirations out there, but do you have like a specific athletic um, person that just inspires you every day? Definitely. I think outside of my mother, um, I would have to say um, specifically uh, aligning um, with the um, Olympics recently, um, I would have to say there's a couple, um, but uh, Mo, Mo Ahmed from um, Canada, who got a silver medal um, in the 5K, and I, I just love his mentality. He got sixth in the 10K, and he's like, I'm not here not to get a medal, um, and I'm pissed with my performance, and I don't know, he just like really seems to um, bring his a game when it matters and he ran really really fast during the pandemic and i remember like watching him run fast and being like well if he can run that then i think i uh, like my big goal was to break 350 in the 1500 and i was like he really almost awkwardly like gave me um my own like extra confidence through watching his performance um and then this year i broke 350 which was like super cool and um, yeah, definitely Mo, Mo Ahmed, definitely one of the guys I look to for sure. Yeah, that's, I, I saw his performance as well. And I, I watched both, uh, cause I'm a, a former runner in high school. So I love watching, watching the running events and I watched him in both events and he looked, he looked pissed and it was like a good kind of like, I'm mad, but I'm going to use this to, to drive me. Cause I've seen a lot of athletes go out mad or run mad. And it ends up like taking it all out of them, but he used his fire and it like, like gave him more motivation and he still ran really smart. So yeah, I saw that. That was really cool. And um, yeah, I, I, I was really, really impressed with this race there too, but I, yeah, that's definitely a very good answer. I love that. There was a, that was a really cool story in the Olympics this year uh, was him, especially finishing outside the top five and the 10 and then coming back and getting, uh, top two and, and the five was, was definitely really cool. Um, and just the last, last question that I love to leave most podcasts off, um, just so we can get some more awareness out for the Paralympic games, the movement and just parasports in general. Um, when did you first hear about Paralympics or when did you first seriously consider that, oh, this is something I can do because some people hear about it and then they might dismiss it. Um, uh, so yeah, just uh, do you have do you have a year or a date that you know of, uh, a rough one? Yeah, I do remember. I believe it was 2012, seeing Oscar Pistorius run, um, and so that was like 
the only thing that I associated the Paralympic Games were was uh, amputees. Um, and I, um, and so, like we kind of talked offline before, like I didn't know there was a classification for me. And then I graduated from college in late 2016. I mean, in 2017, my mom had mentioned it to me, like, hey, like the Paralympics, there's a classification for coordination impairment, and you fit almost perfectly in, within the classification. Like, you should really think about it. And at that point, I thought I was going to be out of track and field and have to enter the real world, um, as, as, as people uh, so say it. And so, um, so classification process seemed to take forever because I like really started taking it serious right after the 27 World Championships. I had to wait like six or eight months until my opportunity oh, wow. to get classified, get an international classification. And then, um, yeah, and then I went to Berlin and had two really good performances. And um, I really felt like I was like just thrown out onto this like new platform. And um, it was super interesting because, I mean, in high school and college, I was a very mediocre runner. Like I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was bad, but I wouldn't say I was great. Like I was like very middle of the road, like finishing top eight, top six at conference or top three at state. So it's like, like, like nothing like huge. And so I didn't do a lot of media. So like it, it was definitely, it took me a while to get, to get used to for sure. And when you say decent performance, are you referring to the first place in the 1500 and the first place in the eight? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. just goes to show for the, the listeners that we got a we got a humble guest here today. Uh, a decent performance is is taking the cake. So I like that, and I like that mentality. From um, it's it's very rare nowadays to see athletes kind of refer to um, their performances as as decent, like you said. Um, but it's actually the a first place finish, and that was your first competitive um, atmosphere, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for the Paralympic team, for sure. It was my first international race, and it was, uh, it was super, super fun and lots of anxiety I felt before the race and lots of nervousness, and I felt like a lot of people um, put their time into me um, to get me classified, and um, and I don't really feel pressure, like outward pressure. I'm more pure, like, pressure for myself, um, and so I felt like I put a lot of pressure on myself, which I actually like. I like that pressure because um, I feel like it makes me not be stagnant. Um, but at the same time, like sometimes it's hard to eternalize. And so um, I felt like that race was like a uh, weight off my shoulders and being like, uh, not sure if, if I really can do this, like win the Paralympics or anything like that. But man, I would love to give it a shot. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear that. And um, that's just an incredible story, uh, incredible words that were spoken today. I really appreciate you. You give me the time and we're all really excited you said september 4th right for the 15th yeah so right now it's scheduled that we have a prelim on the third which i don't know if for sure that'll happen because i know the fields are pretty small at this point just because um Paralympic committee made it pretty tough to qualify and so i think we'll just have a straight final but i'll be prepared for either and so yeah we spend two weeks in kifu um prior to going to the village on the 28th so um, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's going to be a roller coaster of a month, um, but uh, I'm mentally preparing uh, for that for sure. Good. Well, we are all very, very excited to watch you and cheer you on. I will be making sure that 
uh, we post this out pretty soon. And then we post a reminder post uh, when you're getting close to competing. We're all rooting for you. Run fast, all that good stuff. Um, and yeah, we're really excited to see uh, see what you got this year. So uh, I just want to thank you for coming out. Uh, if there's anything that you want to close out with, um, feel free to, to throw it out there right now. Awesome, Sean, thanks so much for having me. Um, if anyone um, wants to chat, I'll have a lot of free time. So if anyone wants to send me a DM on Instagram at Nate Graywolf, just send me a DM. I'm, I'm always uh, kind of around and I'm pretty chill. So um, if you have any questions or if, if there's something you want me to show on my story while I'm at the games or when I'm traveling over there, just hit me up and uh, I'll, I'll try to do my best to uh, deliver it. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Gray Wolf and Dog and the great Nate or whatever whatever else I got for you. Um, uh, really appreciate you coming out. Like I said, we're really excited to see you compete. And um, yeah, had, had a great time. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Everyone have a good day. This has been the Rise Podcast. Thank you for listening.